0: This morning we'll turn to the Gospel according to Luke for a scripture reading. Luke chapter 13. We'll read the first 17 verses. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. There were present at that season some who told him, that is Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. No but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for these three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said unto him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not... After that, you can cut it down. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall? And lead her away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. This far our scripture reading and our We will be looking at verses 10 through 17 in our sermon this morning. Dear congregation, not long after the Lord Jesus rose from the dead and before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples to go and to preach the gospel to all nations. But even before the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified and died and rose again, he had been showing And demonstrating this through his teaching and through the miracles which he had done. And the first nine verses here of this chapter that we read show the gospel and the call of the gospel that comes to us. Where it says we must repent or we will likewise perish. But then in this section we want to look at this this morning, verses 10-17, through we then see the the power of this gospel, the the deliverance that this gospel brings through the Lord Jesus Christ, how He delivers sinners from their sins. And He shows this to us by delivering this woman from this this sickness that she had, this, this crippling sickness. And so as we consider the Lord Jesus Christ who rose from the dead, And who overcame death and who conquered sin in his death. He is the one who now sets sinners free from the power of sin and from the power of Satan. And so our theme this morning is deliverance through the gospel of the risen Savior. Deliverance through the gospel of the risen Savior. And so this story here, it begins with the lord jesus teaching on a sabbath day in one of the synagogues and then luke in verse 11 he draws our attention to a woman that walks in and he says behold or that means look look this woman who came in she has a spirit of infirmity he calls it 18 years and she's bent over and could no way raise herself up she came In walking so hunched over that it was noticeably um, painful and she could in no wise no way straighten herself up and Luke being a doctor he also mentions that it was 18 years that she's had this sickness now when we see somebody in that condition it's 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 almost natural to look isn't it it's it's different and especially children They, they look and they wonder what what is happening but it's interesting here that Luke draws her attention to her and says, Look, kind of like he did in, in verse 7 there when he says, Look, these three years have come looking for fruit on this tree. But now he draws our attention to this woman. Why? Well, first to help us imagine what this might have been like. I read of a man in China who had a form of arthritis and it started when he was 18 years old and it caused his, the vertebrae in his back to fuse together and it slowly started bending him forward. And it bent him forward so much that his chin touched his legs. And that's as high as he could lift himself. And he had to wheel himself around in a wheelchair like that. And he, he had what might be similar to what this lady had. And so he, he was in this condition not only for 18 but for 28 years he had this condition and it wasn't until then that he was brave enough or had the funds enough and the doctors had the skills enough that they started doing operations on him very life-threatening operations ready to break every vertebrae and straighten them out and slowly straighten him up again until he could start recovering and then he needed to follow a long path of recovery where he slowly started walking with a walker and slowly began to regain strength. But imagine even the joy of that man after having to be in a wheelchair for about those 28 years with his chest flat on his legs as straight as he could hold himself. But now he could walk even if it was with a helper, with a, with a, with a walker. And so Luke says here, look at this woman. Why? Not to gaze upon what is wrong with her, but to see what the Lord Jesus does. We stand amazed at what the doctors can do nowadays. But Luke shows us here what Christ, the great physician, the great doctor can do for sinners. In verse 12 he says, And Jesus said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, the Lord Jesus uses this miracle not to say that he was going to miraculously heal everyone who believes on him, but to show what he does for sinners through the power of the gospel when he saves them. So when Luke calls our attention to look at this woman, we want to consider five things or four things here. First, when we look at this woman, we can see first how Christ delivers sinners from the power of Satan. Hebrews two, verse fourteen says that Christ through death might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and to release All those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus makes clear here in verse 16 that this woman was bound by Satan for these 18 years. Satan not necessarily possessed her, but bound her up. And Jesus even compared her to those those animals in the stall that were tied with a rope, bound to that position. And she could not get loose. Just like an animal cannot get loose unless its owner unties it, and so we see that the devil has power over sinners. Second Timothy two says that all those who oppose Christ are said to be in the snare of the devil, having been being taken captive by him at his will. Sinners bound by Satan. He can tie us up with and make a knot that we can't undo for eighteen years. It's a snare. It's a trap. Now, snares are meant to catch the animal so that it can't get out. Satan has snares to catch you so that you cannot get out yourself. And sometimes animals, too, you see them tied up. And even if you look at horses, sometimes they tie their head up high to make them look a certain way as they're pulling a carriage or they're, or they're tied in, in a stable or they're pulled along by the rope to make the animal go where the owner wants them to go. And so it is that Satan, he ties up sinners in their sins. And it's like he, he pulls you along where he wants you to go. Sometimes it might be that he leads you with a carrot to, to make you go along willingly. But still he's holding that rope. Other times it might be like the animal that that digs in its hooves and it's trying to hold itself back and you might be trying to stop it and yet Satan is pulling you along. Sinners taken captive by him at his will. And so Scripture says if you are not Christ's, you belong to the devil and you're under his control. That's a fearful thought. But... Satan is also at times even permitted to exercise some power over God's people. And we see that with Job. God had permitted Satan to assault him and to rob him of everything that he had of his his possessions and even of his children and of his own health. And this is something Job couldn't stop from happening. And so Satan, like he did with Job, he can still in certain ways tie knots into our lives around us that we cannot free ourselves from. But we also need to know that He is limited. He can only bind. He can only tie knots. But the Lord Jesus Christ, He crushed Satan's head when he rose from the dead. And Christ is the stronger man. You can read about that in Luke 11, verse 22. And He will bind Satan forever forever in eternity when the last day comes and he will be thrown into the eternal pit of hell satan could not bind christ even though he tried he tried to lead christ into sin he tried to tempt him but he could not the cords of death could not hold christ that that gravestone had to be rolled away and so here christ demonstrates how he can deliver you from the power of sin and he says to this woman, woman, you are loosed from your eternity, from your infirmity. And Satan had to let her go. And when Christ saves a soul, Colossians 13 says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has conveyed us into the kingdom of his, the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. When the Lord Jesus Christ speaks through the Gospel to your soul, He sets you free. And Satan must let go of his death grip on your soul. We cannot untie his knots. And you may know of that, but Christ can. And that is why He says, cry out unto the Lord, for He is can set you free. But then secondly, when we look at this woman, we can also see how Christ delivers you from the power not only of Satan but of your own sin. How He delivers you from the power of your sin. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Verse 11 again says this woman was bent over and could in no way lift herself up. This is the picture of the bondage of sin. We were created to, to walk in honor, to walk standing up, to worship God, to serve Him, to love Him with all our hearts, our mind and soul and strength. But because of our fall into sin, we've become bound by the spirit of infirmity. Sin. All our affections, all our understanding, our will, our desires are bent down to this earth. Just like that, this woman and just like that man in China, our faces are spiritually pulled down to this earth by our corruption. Now, physically, this woman couldn't look up to the heavens in this man, he could not look at the stars. And by nature, we can't look up to God ourselves. This man couldn't even lift his head out of his lap. And we can't lift our souls to heaven to love God as we are commanded to, or to serve Him, and to worship Him, or to love our neighbor as herself. Now, that's a vivid picture of who we are by nature in our sin. Do you ever see your sin, children, as deforming you to the point where you can't even stand up. This woman, it was 18 years, this man 28 years with seemingly no hope of recovery. And so they went through life the only way they knew how. Yet we live in our sin from our birth and we know no different. We go through life the only way we know how. That is, sin. And we limp through life, bent over in sin. But the problem is we think we're free. Because we don't know any different. We're led along by the carrots of temptation to not realizing that we're following the rope that ties us to our sins and to this earth. And we cannot leave one of our sins without the power of God. Certainly, we can reform, we can change, we can try to do better, we can even have a certain sense of conviction of our sins, but we cannot deliver us from the power of our own sin. We are bent over and can no way raise ourselves up to what God requires of us in His holy law. And if you are unsaved today, but think that you are still free, to live as you please. then Luke says, look at this woman, because that is who you are in your heart by nature, bent over, unable to lift yourselves up, to obey and worship God as we were created to. But now here is the wonder of grace. And this is also why it's so important, boys and girls, that we place ourselves under the means of grace and come to church under the preaching of the gospel. Because look what it says. This woman came to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, even though she was so bent over, double by the sickness, she came to hear God's word. And what a blessing she receives from Him here. She never would have thought that this is what she would have received from Christ when she simply came another day to the Lord's house. Verse 12, When Jesus saw her, Christ, that living, that risen, and now ascended Savior, that eternal God, the all-knowing and the all-seeing God, He saw her as she came in. And he saw more in her than we could ever see. We see this poor, crippled woman. We can have compassion. And we can see each other how we come here. We can see if we're happy or sad. And yet, we cannot see into the depths of our hearts. But Christ sees her whole life. Christ sees her history, her heart, her desire, her need. And Christ sees your heart today. He sees how you have come. And He says, look. Look at that one here today. Christ sees how you are chained, bent over in sin or in affliction or in sickness. He sees your sin, but He also sees the whole history of your life. That there is no good in us whatsoever. And He doesn't send her away, but He continues on here. He saw her in verse 12, and He called her to Him. She did not even ask. She probably did not expect anything after 18 years. But she's here to hear His Word. And maybe you're here too, not expecting anything. What could there be for me? Is there still hope? But Christ calls you and me today. And that's what the Gospel is, isn't it? Christ's Word of salvation for bent-over sinners. Sinners who have so long le- neglected and so long rejected His Word. Sinners who have been chained down by sin and shame for the most of your life. Even if everyone else looks at you and, and, and sees the effects of your sin, how, how bent-over and crippled this woman is, Christ looks deeper and He sees the cause. And Christ calls you as He did in the first part of this chapter and He says, Repent. Or you will also perish. But in in the third thing we see here in verse 12, He says, woman, He says to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Christ, who with His Word brought this heaven and earth into being. He created this world with His Word. And so with His Word, He delivers you from the power of your sins. And that is what the gospel is, like Paul said. It's the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. He says you are loosed. Even when this woman was still bound. Christ says to you, believe. When you know that you can't believe. Christ says obey. When you know you have no desire to obey. Christ says live. When you know you're spiritually dead. And Christ says you're loosed. When you're still tied by sin and Satan at that moment. You notice Christ does not say, I've done my part, I'm going to the cross, now the rest is up to you. No, that's no gospel. Because you cannot do anything more. That would be impossible. But Christ is saying that by His Word, at that moment, the power of Satan and sin was broken and untied. He breaks those bonds of sin. And by His Holy Spirit, He enables you to believe on Him. When Jesus said this, He also laid His hands, verse 13, on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Jesus touched her. And she was made perfectly healthy. That means Christ here made her healthy. Christ laid down His life and He said He has the power to take it up again to rise from the dead Himself. And He has the power, He only has the power to untie Satan's knots in our lives and to break the power of sin and to give you new life. This woman was freed to stand up again enabled by god to stand up immediately and completely healed after 18 years it didn't require life-threatening surgeries and and months of, of rehabilitation but when christ delivers you from sin immediately and completely that power is broken and he touches you with his holy spirit And He enables you to stand up in faith and to believe on Him. Like this woman could stand up straight. And by the power of God, you can begin to walk away from the sins that once held you. Freed from its power now to serve God. To turn away from sin and to serve Him. And yet, even though in this life it is... That power is broken, and yet there is that continual struggle between the old man and the new man. the, the, The progressive sanctification, as it's called. But this is the Savior that you need when you know that you cannot save yourself. When you know that you cannot stop your own sins yourself when you know that you have no power against the devil as martin luther sang in his well-known hymn but faith is believing that christ can do for you what you cannot do for yourself but then thirdly we can by looking at this woman we see how christ delivers Believers also from the power of affliction. Because we need this same grace our whole life long. Believers also can find themselves under a spirit of bondage, bent down, so to speak, by fears and afflictions and infirmities like Job was. Our souls can be cast down at times in deep distress, like the Psalms so often speak about. There's a bowing down to the ground, a a stooping down in our hearts. Even days where it seems that we cannot see anything of God. Where our thoughts are pulled down to the ground, to this earth and to the circumstances and to our own hearts and the indwelling sins and and our afflictions. And we can be so easily convicted and so easily doubt and so much unbelief wells up. And others can look at you and, and And wonder why you can't just straighten up if you're a Christian. Why can't you just walk in the joy of the Lord if you are a Christian? But here that old nature still tries to pull us down. Satan still tries to bind us up. But We must walk by faith in the risen Savior. Because He alone, through the power of His Spirit, can bring those fruits of joy and peace. This woman was not able to raise herself up. And a cast-down person like a sheep is not able to pick itself up. Bunyan also speaks of how many years he walked in in questioning and a burdened soul. And so we must daily come to the same Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who sees what's holding us down. He's the one who sees what's making us stoop over in the affliction of our body and of our soul. And he saw this woman, and he said, You are loosed. And we need to hear that same gospel message over and over and over. Not to be saved again, because once saved, a person is remains saved. But that enabling grace comes from God alone. That salvation is is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. And never once does He say, now the rest is up to you, but it comes all from God through His Spirit. And so we walk by faith in this risen Christ only through the power of His Spirit alone. But then fourthly, we can look at this woman to see how Christ delivers you to glorify Him, to glorify God. At the end of verse 13, it says she was made straight and glorified God. She was delivered from the power of sin and from the power of Satan so that she could glorify Him. And that is the evidence that we have been loosed by God when we begin to glorify Him. For this woman and also that that man in China, it would would have been a great chore to do anything in life. Getting dressed, eating, especially going to church would be difficult. Some of you know of this challenge. When we're bowed down with the spirit of infirmity of our sin as a comparison, it's a burden to glorify God. It's hard work to try to look up and to worship Him. Sinners are not able to. They're pulled down. But even believers, you find you're not able to raise yourself up because you're being pulled down so much away from God by these afflictions. And then we do not see Christ. But when we're in our sin, we begin to think that that's normal. But when Christ frees you to straighten you up, then the whole new world opens up before you, a world that you've never seen before. Instead of walking with your face to the ground, you begin to walk with that renewed image of God, that new knowledge, new righteousness, new holiness. Spurgeon said when he was saved, he, he said it seemed like even the trees were praising God when he walked down the street. And so there's a new found freedom, there's a new delight. In, in praising God, there's a new ability to praise God. And then you see how tied down you were by your sin. And then you begin to see that serving God is that real freedom and gives that real delight that God has actually created you for. Because then we begin to realize that sin was actually the burden and, and what tied us down before we would look at God's law as the burden. When we walked in our sin, we saw God's law as the burden that we did not want to follow. But now you realize you could not even see that freedom of God's Word because you're held was, your head was held down into the dust. And so serving God is then like standing straight compared to sin, which is making you walk with your back bent over double so that your head touches your leg. She glorified God. We were all created to glorify God. But when we were in our sin, we were unable to. Sin prevented us from glorifying Him. But now, through Christ, He He delivers, He straightens you up. He frees you to be able to glorify Him. And that's why the redeemed in eternity will sing forever and ever and ever of worthy is the Lamb who who was slain for the redemption of His people. But then lastly and quickly, fifthly, looking at this woman, shows us how Christ delivers to know the true Sabbath rest, which this passage also speaks about. Christ healed This woman on the Sabbath day. And Christ also rose the first day of the week, that new Sabbath, the Lord's Day. Remember how the Israelites were commanded to keep the Sabbath day holy because it it was to remind them of their deliverance from out of Egypt, from out of the bondage in Egypt. Now, the New Testament Sabbath is on the first day of the week to remind us how Christ rose from the dead, from the grave, to deliver sinners from the bondage of sin. And so this Lord's Day also points forward to that eternal rest, that final and that complete deliverance in eternity where there will be no more sin, where Satan will forever be cast away, where there will be no more sorrow, no more affliction, or anything to tie you or bind you down, but then there's full and free praise and worship of the living God. And here we see the contrast. The Pharisees, they objected to Christ's healing on the Sabbath day because they're so focused on the external rules and regulations. They thought that they could earn heaven by walking as straight as they could, but they did not realize that they too were bound, tied down, and folded double. These Pharisees, in trying to tell people to... Obey the law for salvation is is like if this woman would come or this this Chinese man would come walking into the church here being folded over double. And he tells everybody you have to walk like this because that's the best they know how they could do. The Pharisees said you need to obey the law in order to be saved. But the laws cannot save us. The law is not that ladder by which we have to climb to heaven. We're not saved by our works, but by faith through the Lord Jesus Christ who alone can deliver us from the bondage that prevents us from being able to obey the commandments. And so Christ came also to free the Sabbath from formalism and, and ritualism that cannot save. Because this woman, in this woman you can also see the picture of the burden that the Pharisees were laying on this woman, the heavy burdens that they could not carry. The The... The requirement to obey the law themselves, and so these Pharisees, they had they had a formal religion, without the Christ. But Christ has come to show that true rest, that true worship comes only through Him, in the gospel, that by His grace, He enables us to begin to keep that law, not as a work but to glorify God in gratitude for what He has done in making us straight. And that includes the Sabbath day, all the commandments, that it's freedom to serve God and to obey His commandments. And He said, if you love Me, keep My commandments. And the Lord's Day is the day that we glorify and worship Him specifically. And so part of the freedom Of That Sabbath that the Lord Jesus here is pointing out as well is that we are to do acts of mercy to help those in need like the Lord Jesus demonstrated here by healing this woman. So he says the focus is to be on Him, on Christ, and on the Gospel that delivers us to worship and to serve the One who has made us to worship and serve Him. So when we look at this passage and we Look at this woman. We can see how the gospel delivers sinners like you and me. But we're shown also how these Pharisees rejected that only gospel and rejected that only Christ. But this woman, she was healed. She was made straight by the word of Christ. And so nothing is too hard for God whether you were cast down and for whatever reason it may be, the afflictions of your heart and life, the sins of your life that you know you cannot get out of yourself, Christ calls you to Himself. Here is the risen Savior able to save the most tied up sinner no matter if it's 18 years or 28 years or all your life. The Word of Christ, our life, And they are power. They brought this world into being. And they can bring life into your heart. Whether you are young or old. And he calls you to himself today. Amen.